0: In Kansas anyway. you had my curiosity welcome back to get real the podcast where we get real about all of your favorite pop culture movies and TV shows my name is Sam and with me as always is my co-host that is out of lockdown Chris I am out of lockdown. And I'm uh, also most... out of lockdown. We... You are out of lockdown. We're all
1: out of lockdown. You get a lockdown. You got gonna... except for Manchester. You're still in <laughs> tier three. Apart so. from those tier <laughs> three
0: places, we're sorry, <laughs> the UK. Uh, oh. This is episode fifty-three, and wow. we are chatting all about this week. The controversial move that Warner Brothers have made, oh. moving their releases for twenty twenty one over well they're not moving, but they're also gonna release them via HBO Max, their streaming service.
1: Oh and we'll be talking about the obligatory Mandalorian. (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean how could (laughs) we have our
0: Mando section. You've got to remember we've sold out and now we've become a Mandalorian (laughs) podcast. We just are. It's just this is the way. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Couldn't have said it better myself. How are you doing, Sam? i'm not bad mate i'm very tired i've been back at work this week and yeah it's been a it's been an interesting time to say the absolute least um yeah, yeah but you yeah, know i've been okay uh i may as well cover off what we've been watching in our favorite segment and what we've been watching oh, what oh, yeah. you've been watching um and uh, because i've been really busy back at work i've not watched very much what have you been watching chris
1: <laughs> <laughs> good talk good talk um <laughs> Uh, what have I been watching? Jesus, um, I'm forgetting everything now.
0: How are you doing, I'm literally blanking. How are you doing? To be honest, I feel like I'm falling apart. Oh, no. I I had a
1: couple too many drinks last night, right? Oh, God. So... But it feels like the hangover only just started to kick in now. And it's also because I'm really dehydrated, but I'm just like running to the toilet. My head's pounding at the moment. My eyes going a bit blurry since we started recording. <laughs> I feel like I'm falling apart. I'm just there like, I just need to go to bed, I think. I hope you had a substantial <laughs> meal with that pint, mate. Uh, well, I was drinking at home, but yes, I had a very large curry. Very good. That's the best um, the I think. Best that, I
0: think that's why I'm running the toilet so much. It's very <laughs> substantial. Substantial uh, before and after the meal. Yeah. Very
1: good. I, I had a massive roast dinner today, and I mean a massive one, so I'm just bloated at the same time. So I'm just sort of like rolling around in a chair like... Uh. So you can write this
0: episode <laughs> of the podcast. <laughs> I
1: literally feel a little bit delusional. So if I say something weird, yeah, McClunky... So... <laughs> So
0: you've got the runs and I'm like falling asleep. There. No, I don't have the runs. I don't have the runs. <laughs> I'm not that bad. i just just point two or two together. Anyway, yeah, I'm what, have, just, uh, what have you been watching? Wait, 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 wait. What have you been
1: watching? Uh, I can't remember what I've been watching. I watched a Christmas film the other day. What Christmas film did I watch? Oh, we watched Christmas Chronicles because uh, the second Chronicles. one's just come out and Charlotte couldn't remember the first one. Uh, Kurt Russell is Santa Claus um, and some kids... Uh, crashes sleigh so christmas is ruined but then they all learn the meaning of christmas of course and it turns out christmas was the friends you made along the way <laughs> um what else have i been watching um oh, i didn't finish james May's O oh, Cook. i've got one episode after that still um um working my way through the last season of a bit of rebels because i never actually ended up finishing that because it all got spoiled for me so i just kind of didn't finish it but i decided to finish it okay. um so i'll be finishing that this week hopefully cool uh have been watching great uh <laughs> <laughs> I, i've my mind's gone blank <laughs> It's right on the tip of my tongue, but I can't think of it. I've been watching the Imagineering story on Disney Plus again because Charlotte hasn't seen that, so I'm watching that about all about how um, the Disney parks got made, which is really fascinating.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, there's quite a lot of good stuff on uh, like there. There's ima- so many
1: good documentaries, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's something that I really need to kind of watch that isn't The Mandalorian. I think I've literally got Disney Plus for The Mandalorian. There's quite a few good ones on Disney Plus. <laughs>
1: yeah um, imaginarium
0: or whatever it is
1: yeah well that uh, that's why i'm watching the imaginarium story um uh, no imagineering is what it is um mm. all about the imaginarium um so that one's good and there's prop hunt is really good as well like gary's um, mod prop hunt is it is that Is what you're talking prop about? Prop hunt. that It's called. It's prop something. It might be prop hunt. It's not Gary's mod prop hunt. Not like <laughs> our old school YouTube videos back in the day. We don't um, talk about that. <laughs> That's the dark ages. We don't talk about it. <laughs> um, no, it's all about like people like seeking out um, props and the prop makers from famous Disney films and stuff. Okay. Um, cool. And there's another one just about like the life and history of Walt Disney and the Disney company and stuff like that. I can't remember what that one's called, but that one's quality as well cool um so yeah check them out check them out definitely
0: awesome we are just a disney shell at this point <laughs> awesome awesome right let's uh move on to some new stories chris have you got any to kick us off or do you want me to start I, i've not got any. i'm so underprepared for this episode i got trailers and that's it right well you would be very <laughs> interested to know from the couple of news of bits and bobs this week is that we got the first reactions for Wonder Woman 84 in this week from uh, oh, reviewers. viewers. Wow. Um, overall, very, very, very positive. Very positive reactions Thank to you. it. Uh, Thank Some people seeing stuff in IMAX theaters. Some people, um, you know... It's uh, back in back in the cinemas, back in the cinema. Cinema World starts up this week. I would love to see this in the cinema. Yeah. yeah. So, um, right, I'll give you a couple of real quick first impression reviews from Twitter. So. Yeah. Uh, Steven Weintraub, who is from Collider, he said, Yesterday saw Wonder Woman 1984 in an IMAX theater. Was my first time seeing a movie in a theater since the pandemic began. No matter what system you have at home, nothing will ever replace the magic of seeing a movie on a big IMAX screen. Uh, It doesn't sound like a review for Wonder Woman 1984. It sounds like a review for watching a film in a cinema. (laughs) (laughs) It does, it does, but. Great. Yep. Uh, I've got some better reviews here. That was the first one that I saw. Uh, no offence, Collider, but that it didn't tell me anything about the movie. But glad you had a good time. Um, right. Uh, Brandon Davis, BD, on Twitter. Uh, I've seen Wonder Woman 1984. Woo! Uh, Patty Jenkins literally made an 80s movie in every way, making it so unique for today. It feels both bigger than the first Wonder Woman, while simultaneously more contained. Lots of Diana Prince mm. and some epic Wonder Woman moments as Gal Gadot literally soars. Amazing, very good. That's a good one, isn't it?
1: Let's carry on. Uh, you sounded like a school teacher then. I don't know why you just at me because I was oh, wanting. Yes, good, I yes. wanted uh,
0: everyone's confirmation. That's what school teachers do. You know, they check in yeah. to make sure you've been listening. Yeah, it's isn't like isn't that right, kids? Isn't that right, Chris? <laughs> do you want to tell me what you thought about? Uh, could you tell me who that was from that I just told you? <laughs> uh, bd on twitter well very good you were close enough that'll do uh right another few quick ones so just because it was quite cool to see how hyped people were over this film obviously after we've been waiting so long for it to come out um yeah dorian parks uh dorian parks and rec on twitter uh <laughs> I had the chance to watch it early. I love the first film. Can confidently say the sequel takes everything to another level. Pedro Pascal and Chris, Kristen Wiig absolutely kill it as their, their respective characters. Let Patty Jenkins take charge of the entire DCEU. Well, it, it wouldn't be a bad shout, to be honest.
1: No, no, not at it all. It wouldn't
0: be a bad shout.
1: Like Handing like something like the Justice League or like a team-up movie over to a female director probably wouldn't be a bad thing.
0: Mm.
1: especially Patty Jenkins who knows like the DC world like the back of her hand and clearly she can do so well with the characters so yeah, yeah
0: I would be all for it awesome uh, Perry Nemiroff, I prefer Wonder Woman to Wonder Woman 1984 but I also prefer seeing filmmakers take new big swings with sequels that's definitely what Patty Jenkins and co do here not everything adds up but the value of selflessness about love and compassion do shine through uh, Amy Ratcliffe, which is Amy underscore underscore geek on Twitter. I got to watch Woman84 yesterday, and honestly, it's just what I needed, what we all need. It's uplifting, hopeful, and so utterly Wonder Woman. Just a beautiful film with themes that hit you right in the heart. Eric Eisenberg, E Eisenberg on Twitter. Uh, one eighty four is fantastic. The story is excellent, has a great timely message, it packs in a ton of surprises and amazing work is done with both Cheetah and Maxwell Lord. Uh Good. this this is uh two interesting little reviews here. Um did I put the interesting one in here? I think I did. I hope so. Um Oh no I've not. Oh <laughs> Sam, that's a oh. shame. Uh, basically, someone said that they cried two moments in the film for two completely different reasons, and they said it was amazing. Uh, and someone said that the first ten minutes was an absolute roller coaster, which is good to hear. Okay, so yeah, all this is buried. just making
1: me so excited for
0: this film now because I was already excited, but ooh. yeah, all very, 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 very good, very good news about it. So that's all very exciting. Uh, Hopefully. I mean, when does it release? I can't remember. Uh, Christmas Day. Christmas Day, which will be in cinemas here, I guess, because they're open again, which is good. Yeah, well,
1: it was meant to be Christmas Day, but I think in the States it's January now, when the same time it's going to release on HBO Max.
0: Oh, interesting. Cool. Mm -hmm. Um... Right, uh, I've got another story. Uh, basically, a couple of really quick fire stories. So, did you hear the controversy around Monster Hunter today? No, don't know. Uh, so it was yesterday. So the film premiered on December third in China, um, but it may need editing to remove an offending line. Um, no. So the article here from PC Gamer, Monster Hunter World review, bombed after a controversial joke from the movie hits Chinese social media. So, basically, what happens is there's a joke that one of the American soldiers in the soldier bit make, uh, and it's terrible. Like, I watched it on Twitter, and it's, like, so bad. So I'm going to repeat this just so I can tell you what it is for reference. Okay, okay? for context. This is not
1: Sam's words. This is
0: just to put into context what the joke is. Okay, don't cancel me, please. I like doing the podcast and I want to continue <laughs> doing the podcast. So yeah. from the words of whoever this actor is in this film, um, he what, says, whoever wrote the film, I'm guessing it's not his words either. Oh yeah, no, don't cancel that person. <laughs> uh, cancel the scriptwriter, writer. Right. Um, so basically he turns, he's in the back of a vehicle, right? This soldier. And he says, look at my knees. And then the guy like, there's this awkward silence where this guy goes, what? And he goes, Chinese I was like it's not even funny no. sorry he says what kind <laughs> of knees are these he says so it rhymes so uh... it's terrible right it's Jeez. like oh, why would you even risk it so the idea is is this is actually taken from a um god what is with me reading things <laughs> and then not screenshotting the bits that I've read and screenshotting the bits that I've not read. So it's it's from like a, an old saying. Oh, I've got it here. So it's from an old um, rhyme or phrase, which would be Chinese, Japanese, Dirty Knees, look at these. Uh, which is considered offensive. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you shouldn't, if it's considered offensive, you shouldn't have put it in the film. So it's no. uh, had a bit of a flack for that uh, and a it should i think it's going to get edited out i wouldn't be surprised because like i said it's hit the social's pretty bad yeah
1: especially with it debuting in
0: china as well yeah um my next story that i've got is that um have you heard of the film babylon that's coming out from the director of la la land uh damien chazelle i have not heard about the
1: film but I enjoy La La Land and Damien Chazelle movies.
0: So he's got a real star-studded cast for the upcoming film Babylon. Uh, It is set in a shifting moment in Hollywood where the industry turned from silent film to spoken to talkies, it says. So like spoken film instead. Um, So you've got the big news, anyway, from just uh, days gone past, is uh, that Margot Robbie is now replacing Emma Stone. So Emma Stone dropped out because of uh, scheduling conflicts. Um, but it's a real, real good, um, real good cast for this. So I'll just tell you who's lined up for it. Um, you've got uh, Brad Pitt. You've yeah. got Margot Robbie. You've got Toby Maguire. Meryl Ooh. Streep and Michael B. Jordan so far. Yeah. So I'm pretty... just looking at the cast list now, yeah. Um... Yeah. It's uh, due to start production in 2021, so hopefully all things going well. That should be in the cards on the cards for next year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So my last, last little bit of news for you that I saw this week that's been on a couple of the Star Wars podcasts that I listened to is that George Lucas says he sold Lucasfilm to spend to Disney to spend more time with his family. Uh, I saw that one today, yeah. Um this, he was asked about um
1: whether he wishes he did the sequel trilogy or not. Um why he made the
0: decision to sell it to Disney instead of doing it himself. Yeah, because uh so I listened to the Blue Harvest podcast for this. So, Hawes and Will, who run that podcast, this is kind of taken from what they were talking about. Um, But, basically, they spoke a bit about how George kind of had a couple of choices before he sold Lucasfilm. So, he would have, like, been able to have either agree that he could have done, you know, could have been part of it. But because of... Apparently, anyway, so what Lucas would do when he directs a film is that he could go quite out there. So, like with some of the choices made in the prequel, so he's kind of known Mm -hmm. for making like brash moves. So, what you would have the problem of is if you was to sell the Star Wars franchise or Lucasfilm, sorry, to Disney, but he has to have you know he has to direct the movies that Disney wouldn't know how. What's actually going to turn out? They wouldn't have that creative control over it. Over it, if they bought the franchise. Yeah. So, this is kind of the thing now. It's like, well, did Lucas want to direct the films, or is he kind of comes out? I mean, he's kind of known for twist, not twisting the story, but kind of changing his perspectives on stuff quite a lot when he gets asked around things. Um, so it's quite interesting that he's come out. But I didn't know that one of the other. Excuses or reasons why he sold uh, to Disney is that he wanted to focus on his filmmaking museum. Okay, I didn't realize he had a museum. I didn't realize he had a museum, so I'm gonna really quickly have. a look. I mean, look. it does
1: make sense though, because he he was always like a student of cinema, and like he came up like through the ranks with Francis Ford Coppola and Martin Scorsese and stuff like that, and he he was like. He wasn't the Star Wars guy until, like, New Hope, like, hit it big. Like, before that, he was dipping his toe into everything. And Mm -hmm. then he sort of became, like, the action, like, Star Wars, Indiana Jones guy, didn't he? Yeah. Um, So it does make sense. Like, he always has had an appreciation of cinema. And obviously, he came up with the biggest names in cinema. So it Mm -hmm. would kind of make sense that he would want to capture that and stuff.
0: Yeah, so I think he's... I think this museum isn't... It's not live. It's not built yet. Um, But it'll hold paintings, photography, illustrations, cinematic art and digital art from Lucas's personal collection, a Star Wars exhibit, and it's going to be located in Exposition Park in LA. Um, okay. construction... So he's still curating it then, isn't he? Well, the construction prep began in 2018 uh the project is due to complete late 2022 yeah so it is a thing it's got a it's got a bloody website chris lucasmuseum.org well and it wow it looked like the actual building on there. looks like home one you know the uh, the ship from star wars looks yeah. absolutely nuts uh, what was it lucasmuseum.org lucasmuseum.org Give you a second to find it, but it looks crazy, like the design of it. Uh, and obviously, this is a concept art, right? This is just uh, a concept idea. But yeah, you oh, to... yeah, yeah. Looks wow. like definitely looks like
1: Home One. That's definitely a very new age building, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it could it could only be some sort of like research center or a fucking museum to yeah. modern culture or something
0: crazy. Well, you know next time it wouldn't we're, uh... it
1: wouldn't look out of place in say like Epcot or something like that no, like no. a Disneyland,
0: yeah, next time you know we're uh, chilling in l a you know we're gonna <laughs> drop in and go say hi to Uncle George eh? yeah.
1: Right. yeah i i did i did see like the quote that he talked about, and he said when he sold it, he was sixty nine years old at the time and he wanted to spend more time with his daughter and with his family and stuff like that, like he thought if he carried on doing Star Wars and if he did another trilogy,
0: it, he would literally be doing it for the rest of his life at that point. I think, you, yeah, because I think he they, the way he did it is that he'd have three years between each film, right? Yeah, yeah, so, he wouldn't oh, yeah. have churned it out as quickly as Disney has. So he'd have three years producing the first film three years three years yeah so it'd be like nine years worth of i was just making sure that you'd have the nine years prep at first so yeah it'd be like nine years worth of star wars so crazy yeah. uh right okay uh that's it in terms of news stories this week uh what is going on in the world of trailers chris well we've had a few big trailers um and then i'll talk about one
1: not so big one um i'll talk about that one first actually um Liam Neeson's doing a Liam Neeson again. He's back at it. Guess what he's doing this time? Uh, taken. Yep, that's take, right.
0: Taken. Taken. Is he doing it? A it's, taken not, film? it's not.
1: It's not. It's not a taken. It may as well be a taken, taken for <laughs> taken for good. Taken for good. (laughs) Taken the piss, more like. (laughs) Um, So he's he's an old man with a grudge on a mission. Uh, It's called the Marksman. He's an ex-Marine Corps who uh, lives on the US-Mexico border. And when a woman and a child escape through the border but are chased by a Mexican cartel, he decides to help deliver the child to his uh, family up in Chicago. To keep the child safe. So it's just an old man redemption, like, on the road, being hunted movie. I did like, the one thing that I did like about the trailer was somebody basically flipped his line from Taken on him. And they were basically like, this guy's never going to stop looking for you. He will find you, and when he does, he will kill you. And I was like, Oh, interesting. Ah, smart, reverse it on him, yes. But other than that, I was like, it looks like the same as his last eight movies. Um, yeah. And also, yeah. he keeps his same accent, even though he's meant to be like a born and bred Texas man in the Marine Corps. <laughs> he still sounds like Liam Neeson from Ireland.
0: And he even looks angry in these behind-the-scenes photos,
1: to be honest, is not he? <laughs> he so. always looks angry. <laughs> when was the last time you saw Liam Neeson smile other than Love Actually? That might have been the last time, back in, what, 2001? <laughs> that was the last time we saw him smile. <laughs> Never smiled um, since okay next trailer i'm gonna probably butcher how this is meant to be said the M- mauritanian i think it is wow. um this is a uh, true story it's got jodie foster shannon woodley uh benedict cumberbatch and what's his name that plays shazam's not levy zachary levi. levi zachary levi there we go we got there um this is uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's best American accent he's ever done. He's got a very thick American accent. Um, basically, it's the story of the attorneys that take on the trial of the guy that's being held for recruiting the 9-11 terrorists. Okay, uh, wow. Uh, so they are giving him a trial because he's been held for six years with no charges put against him. So he was technically illegally being held, but because he was in Guantanamo, it kind of didn't count. So he's being abused for like six years and everything like that. And there's no actual evidence that he did it. And then everything in the files is all redacted and everything. So they're Jeez. trying to give him a trial. Did he do it? Did he not do it? There seems to be evidence going both ways. Um Benedict Cumberbatch seems to be the US Army's... um like attorney on their side of things, um, f- like fighting against Channing Woodley and Jodie Foster, um, yeah.
0: Wow, looks it's pretty good. good. It, uh, it, was, it was definitely Jodie Foster, wasn't it? Um, yeah, it yeah, it's Jodie Foster. <laughs> I can't see any of the photos with uh, who Zachary Levi's playing though, and uh, he
1: was only in one shot in the trailer where he was arguing against um Benedict Cumberbatch, but he's another Marine. Uh, army fella so okay cool
0: sounds interesting um,
1: it, it did look good it was being made by bbc films so i don't know how it's going to come out i don't know if it's going to be launched on tv or what but it's being okay. funded by the bbc which is pretty cool um yeah like i said it seems like benedict cumberbatch's best american accent as well very good we shall see um the next two trailers both both feature archaeologists who like to dig at things, which is <laughs> which strange. Is I wasn't what, expecting that. Which is what so you the, hope archaeologists
0: do. You think, yeah. you think they'd have they're an obsession with digging things.
1: Apparently romance digging films are the big in in 2020 and 2021. Romantic digging? Now you're talking <laughs> Ro- my language. Yo, they're, they're digging for love <laughs> is what they're doing. The first one is called The Dig all right and this stars um carrie mulligan the ever amazing carrie mulligan um and it also has Ray fines as the archaeologist in this and he's doing a proper like core blimey you tell me to dig in our bloody dig i will <laughs> i am um, live for the dig i do um I, I think it's just before the first world war starts happening um there's this woman who's got a huge farm and there's these huge, like, mounds of earth on it and, like, they've always thought that there was something underneath it. So they hire this archaeologist to, to dig it all out. Uh, so he's digging it out um, and they find some, like, ancient... Uh, a viking ship or something they think it's a graveyard or something but it's like the government are trying to take it over because it's a really important uh, monetarily and culturally and all that and there's a war about to break out and uh, will he die on the dig and will he fall in love with carrie mulligan <laughs> great <laughs> sounds sounds bit, it's intense <laughs> yeah Um, that's That's releasing on netflix it's also coming out to select cinemas so clearly they're going for awards um but it's coming out on netflix on january 26th or 29th i think it was 26th
0: okay what's Um, your
1: other romantic digging film the the other romantic digging film this time they're um, digging up fossils on the beach this is called ammonite Uh, it uh, stars uh, Kate Winslet she's a woman on her own like middle-aged woman
0: on her own but it's sort of like turn of the 18th
1: 19th Uh, century something like that
0: says this film was already released in October 2020 oh in Russia Um, in Russia there you go yeah I was about to say it probably got released to like
1: like award boards and like a film festival or something like that. It's not got mass release yet because this is the first trailer that's dropped for it really. Um,
0: BBC Films.
1: Again BBC Films, that did, mm-hmm. I didn't see that in the trailer but interesting to know. Um or was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the other one was definitely BBC Films as well, I remember. Um uh, I've been thrown off my pace now. Oh yeah, she's a archaeologist. She finds fossils on the beach and she restores them and everything like that. Um but this man comes to her store and is like, my my wife's got the sickness, she's got she's got the sad. Uh, the doctor has told her to get some sea air, so can she be your apprentice? And his wife is played by Sesha Ronan. Um, just the figurehead for low-budget, independent, brilliantly shot period pieces now. I'll watch Sesha Ronan in literally anything. Um. Little and Women, I,
0: I, Lady Bird, yeah, she's in quite a few good uh,
1: good flicks. Yep, yeah. Yeah. she's done loads of period pieces at this point. She was in uh, Mary Queen of Scots as well with uh, Margot Robbie. Oh, she, interestingly
0: um, enough, she was also the lead actress in The Lovely Bones. Yeah, she was. Very good. It's a good film. Uh, a good, a good throwback, problems.
1: yeah. I think that was like her breakout role was The Lo- uh, Lovely Bones because she was still like a young teenager at that point, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that was like a main breakout role what got her noticed. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe the first time she was up for an award as well because I remember that film was up for some awards. Stanley um, Tucci playing a creep in the that tooch! The Tooch! Yeah. The Tooch Meister. Um, isn't um, Matt Damon in that movie as well? Does he play a dad? I think you're thinking Matt Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. I was th- I was gonna say Mark Wahlberg, but I was like, it doesn't seem like a Mark Wahlberg film. It seems more like a Matt
0: Damon film. Wow, they're just the kind of I can't people, remember, aren't they? <laughs> <similar>. <laughs> they fill in similar roles, don't they? Yeah, you could uh, you could like replace one with the other and maybe yeah. have
1: to double take. You normally get Matt Damon if you want the film to do better because he is a bit of a better actress than Mark <laughs> Wahlberg. <laughs> Act- I just said actress. <laughs> He's a better actress than another not actress. <laughs> He's a better actor than Matt Wahlberg, I would say. Great. Um, cool. Matt Wahlberg does some stuff. But yes, um, uh, they go out digging fossils together. And will they fall in a forbidden love? She's a married woman falling in love with a middle-aged spinster. Ooh, forbidden love in those times. Um, it seemed really good. And I watched Kate Winslet and Sesha Ronin in literally anything. So, sound. She's definitely going for the awards.
0: Sweet. All right. Cool. Is that it for trailers? That's it for trailer trash. Very good. Yeah. Right. No. We're, we're we're out of we're out of that habit. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing it back one last time. We'll uh we'll we'll call it a very unexcited trailer trash. Like a yee-haw. Uh, here we go for the hundredth time with a trailer trash. Here we go for the that hundred. What's the line? Here no. we go for
1: the hundred time, hand grenade pins on every line, throw them at
0: DMCA, we're gonna get <laughs> in <chicken. laughs> copyright. It's alright, it was under it was under five seconds or whatever it was. Uh. <laughs> Right. Lincoln park fans cool right should we uh should we do our famous mandalorian episode we are reviewing the mandalorian another episode of the mandalorian has come out this week so we're going to talk about it segment yeah right let's that's go. the
1: jingle that we do every week guys if you haven't heard <laughs> that you need to go back and check your previous recordings it's been there all the time. yep there you go sorry yeah uh, yeah that is correct that is
0: uh i had to just consult the big bosses uh um get real hq yeah that is the uh that is oh you mean the
1: ones thing. that constantly stand behind us while we record and they're yeah, judgingly yeah. at us if we start to be- veer off script
0: yeah i can feel one breathing down my neck a bit weird it's, yeah
1: uh... i've got roos luma here with me today and like he's just he's not happy
0: mostly because got... he's had nothing to do today I've got Nate (laughs) Foos as well. Nate Foos, he's not very good. (laughs) Anyway,
1: we make ourselves chuckle. Mandalorian, are you you ready for some hot
0: spoilers for the Mandalorian episode chapter? Who who fucking knows? Chapter eh? fourteen, wasn't it? It was certainly (laughs) (laughs) thirteen. I don't know. I I can't keep track. I can't. It's just that. Let's do Google. That I can't keep up with whether we're up to... Because the chapters and the season episode names and numbers are so different, you, you struggle, I think. It was chapter 14. I was right. Great. Well done. Very good. Right. Chapter Thank 14, you. The Tragedy. Oh. Right. How much, on a scale of none to I Need New Pants, did you shit yourself when you saw The Tragedy <laughs> as the episode title? Um, I shat myself. I was like, what's happening to Grogu?
1: <laughs> yeah. I think there was a few tragedies in this episode, right? In there the was world. at least two.
0: At least two? Yeah. I'm, I'm interested to hear what these tragedies are. Okay. Full spoilers. If you haven't watched the episode yet, you shouldn't be listening to this. If you go any further, it's your own fault. Hit up the timecode in the description if you want to skip past the Mandalorian and listen to our main topic. Okay. Tragedy number one, Grogu gets captured. Yes. That's the obvious tragedy.
1: That's the the titular tragedy in the title. I think another tragedy is the fact that the Razor Crash was fucking destroyed. Yeah, that is a good point, actually.
0: Is and a good point. Tragedy
1: yeah. number three is the fact that we didn't get to see the Dark Troopers fighting off against the Mandalorian and, and Boba Fett. Mm. Big spoilers.
0: Tragedy number four. No, I just I just wanted to keep going. So, tragedy number 4 was the fact that the rest of the Mandalorians
1: like Bo-Katan's lot didn't come in for that fight as well cuz that would have been sick. <laughs> yeah. or Ahsoka
0: or just, you know, some of the other many many characters that we've had introduced in this season so far. <laughs> yep. But yeah, no, Boba Fett wow. Oh, he finally gets to shine the
1: way that all us deep, like, Boba Fett fans know he can. Like, Like, I
0: can't tell whether he was more brutal before or after he put the armour on, though. Holy shit.
1: (laughs) I think before, when he was using that, uh, what's it called? What's the stick called? Oh, the
0: gaffer stick. Gaffy stick. Yeah. Yeah. Gaffy stick, yeah. yeah. What?
1: That was brutal. And the way they shot him as well, just everything was a low angle, like canted. He was just like manic. But I loved how he brought in his like, um, his like Maori roots into it as well. Because obviously Tamara Morrison is from like Maori ancestry and stuff like that. So like you saw when he was fighting, like the faces he was pulling were like straight from the hacker and like Maori war paintings and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, and like the, the weapon that he was using is from like Maori and... I think also a version from South Africa uh, well, Africa as a whole taken Mm. from like old designs of their weaponry and stuff like that. So just like seeing him like doing his shit was so good. And then he got the armour we finally get to see him use the rocket we finally get to see him uh, use his knee darts which we found out about like 30 years ago and like we've never once seen him use them not even in a comic book I don't remember him Mm -hmm. using them Mm
0: -hmm. Oh! there's yeah. so much seeing him back in the armor I was like yes my man's here yeah it's a good time when he kicks in this is literally just a flex for like here's some cool Boba Fett action um, yeah man like, it was, those fight sequences were so fucking
1: cool and Slave 1 Slave 1 yes, won. yes. when I saw like every fan knew when they saw the shape in the sky I was like that's fucking slave one. I was like, that—that's the ship. I was like, is it a different? Is it like Bogotan or them lot? Because I wasn't expecting Boba Fett to track him down to this planet. Mm. Um, so I was like, is it just a different Mandalorian with one of these ships or something like that? But then as soon as like you see him step out and you're like, ah, Boba yeah. book.
0: it's—it's sick. Like wow. And um, yeah, I uh, thought that was just so awesome on the screen. And like seeing him when he's piloting Slave One as well. Like, just some really iconic looking moments. Yeah. And the armor looks good, man. I know I know some people have got like a little bit of beef with um Kind With of dad how... Dad. Yeah, kind of how he looks in the armor. I don't... You know what? Tomorrow Morrison is pretty ripped, to be fair. Like, he's yeah. not... He's not... um, He's just like a... He's just built. You know what I mean? He's stocky, isn't he? He's not like...
1: He's not like a Marvel hero who's, like, skinny, but also ripped to absolute fuck. Like he's
0: he's stocky isn't he like he's got the weight behind him to deliver those hits exactly it? but what you've got to remember as well like he's he's kitted out he's got his robes on and he's got a belt on underneath all that as well like he's yeah he's got quite a lot of clothing on underneath that armor and all he's done is literally shove that armor on on top of what he was already wearing also you need to think about the character's age at this point as well
1: like like he's he's not going to be fucking shredding it in the fucking space gym every day, is he? Like, no. like the age of Boba Fett now, and he's
0: been through a Sarlacc, like like chill. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think it's uh, pretty good. Um, yeah, looks better on him than Cobb Vanth. Put it that way. <laughs> yeah, like Cobb Vanth looked like somebody like trying to put on a t-shirt
1: two sizes too small. Whereas this looked like somebody who was just like after christmas <laughs> mm.
0: what did you think of the dark troopers because i think that oh, was they uh, look so cool yeah i don't know whether the cgi was a little bit hit and miss though for them but it might have just been because when you see something new like that on the screen for the first time you're kind of like taken aback a little bit by it but yeah wow um i, I just see i did a... sorry go on carry on I-, I was gonna just know why you said the
1: cgi like the only bits that seemed a bit weird for me were like the jointy sort of bits when they moved, but that's because it's a droid and like you try and fit like human proportions to it, but they're not the droid. So like as soon as like I was just there, like oh yeah, because they look like a type of stormtrooper, so you're expecting it to sort of be like a real person, but then when they start moving in sync and everything like that, it's like oh yeah, mm. they are they are just droids at the end of the day, aren't they? I think once like I saw that, then I was fine. The CGI really didn't bother me. It sort of looked. Fine at that point.
0: My question is: is why did they send the stormtroopers down first to just get that ass kicked, and then send the dark troopers in? Why didn't we just? I think they were underestimating them. But also, um... like, just what with what I wanted to see? Why didn't we just get the dark troopers go down? Yeah,
1: I think that's keying up for an even bigger fight.
0: Maybe it's just think... to make give Boba and stuff a chance to kind of flex their uh, make him make Boba Fett do something. Could you imagine if like <laughs> in fact yeah, I'm I'm going back on what I said now, but could you imagine if they brought Boba Fett back and then you had him get absolutely KO'd by a dark trooper?
1: Well, that's what I was thinking, like, you couldn't introduce either Boba Fett, reintroduce Boba Fett and have his arse get kicked, or introduce these new menacing droids and just have him taken out the first time we see him in combat.
0: Yeah, it's a good point.
1: I quick, I did a fast, fast U <laughs> turn. It's man. as soon as you think about it, you're like, oh shit, yeah, yeah, okay, fine. Um yeah, I think it's setting up for like an even bigger fight, so we'll probably get like um maybe he'll bring the other Mandalorians on board, so Bo Katan's lot maybe um when they go to track down um Moff Gideon. Mm-hmm. So we might have like Moff Gideon and Bokatan going out at it for the Darksaber. You've got um Jen Jaren going trying to save um uh, Grogu. He'll be on like the running through the hallways of the ship and stuff, trying to trying to find him on the rescue mission. Then you'll have like Boba Fett taking out all the dark troopers and shit. Mm-hmm. I reckon it's setting up for, like a major like team up fight and everything, because I reckon now that he knows that he's tracking down a huge, like, star destroyer. Oh well, it's a light star destroyer, isn't it? It's not one of the giant ones. So, like, a uh, light. It's a cruiser. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You get your get um, your
0: ships right, Chris.
1: Sorry, it's a light. <laughs> it's a light Imperial cruiser. Um, which that model of it we've only seen in the animated shows. If you want me to get my facts right, we've only seen it in Rebels,
0: and we've seen um, it in the video games.
1: Yes, we saw it in the Fallen Orsters. Um yeah. anyway, what else? Um Well where... I reckon we're I reckon we're gonna get like a recruitment drive in the next episode. So we're gonna get maybe another prison break to get Bill Burr's character out. Yeah. And then we'll I, have yeah, Cara definitely. June going with him. He might go back and recruit um Bo Katan's lot because they're kind of almost indebted to him after he helped them out. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, we've got Boba agree. Fett sticking with him now until the kids
0: found, so we got Boba Fett coming along for the That's ride. a very good move. Like, yeah, they are definitely using it as a bit of a revival. Like, and you know what? It's cool. Like, you know, he, I really enjoyed him. So, do let's we get more do we reckon we might get that fabled
1: Boba Fett series that we heard about ages ago that apparently got canned? Maybe now this is
0: like a backdoor pilot mm, again. Yeah, I. How cool think would a so. series?
1: How I, cool would the series of him and when's bounty hunter character be together?
0: Oh, a hundred percent and I totally agree. It'd be super cool, but I feel like this is that. I feel like they're giving him they've they've Star Wars want to make new they want to give new characters but they want to tie them into the world, right? Yeah. So this—that's how you do it. You—you you bring in Boba Fett. You bring in bloody Ahsoka Tano. You bring in Bocatan, and you tie it with Dinjarin, and you've got a big soup of fan service, is what you've got. <laughs> because big fan service <gasps> soup. Like the Mandalorians just gone absolutely ham in this season with just like introducing. Character, reintroducing characters. like to, It's mad to think that we had Ahsoka in the last episode and then you and then you got Admiral Thrawn in the last episode and then this episode you've got Boba Fett back full swing and then you've got bloody dart Troopers and bloody, you know, it's moving and pretty you had fast. You before that and everything.
1: Yeah. I, that's why I reckon, like, because all these things have just been sort of like one and done. Like, he found them and then they passed on some information and he, he left them. Yeah, but there's such important characters. That's why I feel like it's gonna to lead to like a recruitment drive into like this big epic final stand. Do you know how the end of last season he ended up going back to the planet, and he mm. he had Kara doing with him. He had uh, uh, what's Bill Weathers' character called? Um, Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers. Bill. Bill Burr.
0: Bill Burr. Carl Burr.
1: <laughs> Bill Weathers is someone else. I uh, Grief Karga. His character. Grief Karga. Um. And you had the IG unit as well. So you had those guys teamed up at the end to protect Grogu from Moff Gideon when he mm. stormed it. I think it's going to lead up to a similar sort of get the team together, have a final stand type thing.
0: Yeah, for sure. Cool. Um, Baby Yoda on the scene, Stone. Baby Yoda. So we were kind of right. I was kind of right with my prediction. Nobody answered the call. Or no one that we know anyway. Mm, or he might have been communicating with someone.
1: So we just didn't know.
0: hmm, Wouldn't it be cool if you just got... A lot of people are saying Luke. I think a lot of people are hoping on Luke, but it just wouldn't make sense. Um, It just wouldn't make sense because at this point, he doesn't start his Jedi training yet because he doesn't feel like he's ready. That's where it sits in the story at the minute. Where... I think someone like Cal Kestis would be pretty perfect to turn up. Or I know, yeah. are you still after this? Are you still hanging on your Ahsoka theory or not? Because... I mean, I mean, I'm kind of hoping because I feel like she
1: feels like she's closed herself off from the Force, similar to how Luke does. Mm-hmm. she doesn't consider herself a Jedi anymore, and that's why she won't do the training and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm I'm thinking that maybe she's not as closed off as she is. That's mm-hmm. where my theory is, but. I feel like a like a would be great and it would link everything together and it could potentially inform the Fallen Order sequel that we know is in production. Um, or even an Ezra, like bringing Ezra back.
0: Yeah. Okay, cool.
1: Right, let's uh, draw a line
0: under the Mandalorian there and oh,
1: talk. Well, uh, one last thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave Filoni has come out and said, this was in news, that maybe the Rebels uh, season finale... You know, when we see her team up with Sabine to go find Ezra, maybe that didn't happen at the time that we think it did. Maybe that is like a leap into the future a little bit. So maybe that's after the episode of The Mandalorian, and that's why she's like looking for Thrawn. And that's yeah. So maybe, Mm. maybe it's all like trying to tie everything up. And if Dave Filoni has come out and like dropped that, then. I think we should take that kinda seriously because he wouldn't just be there like, I'm gonna fuck with the whole fan base <laughs> like and throw everything that I made into question. Like Well,
0: time's a bit of a crazy concept in Star Wars. You can choose to follow it or not, really, can't you? So Exactly. Right. Is that it? Uh yeah. Right. Are you ready for the big topic this week, Chris? Is it, is it Grogu force stroke in a Stormtrooper? Oh, wait, no, it's HBO Max. Right, so the official word from Warner Brothers about this, right? So have you read into this very much, or have you just kind of seen top-line articles? I've just seen headlines. I haven't looked into it. Right, so what W bros have done, right? <laughs> Good old WB bros. So they've called this the New Hybrid Distribution Model. And the tagline for it, in theatres and on HBO Max the exact same day. Unless you're in an area which doesn't have HBO Max. Which is most of the world. Which is everywhere apart from the States, really, isn't it? The US. States and Canada, maybe. Yeah. So, in a nutshell, what is happening, Chris? What is happening? I'll tell you, Chris. (laughs) thank you (laughs) i thought you were gonna throw me in the deep end then (laughs) so the warner brothers 2021 film slate that we'll cover off in a moment is gonna launch on the same day of release in cinemas and on hbo max streaming which is a bit of a kick in the dick for cinemas because (laughs) they've not they've not had a great time in this whole pandemic have they really chris i mean Cineworld's stock's on the up, but I mean, they've not had a great time, to be honest. They've been closed. You can't go watch a film. Maybe you can now, but they've not had a great time. So, it gives the people, gives viewers the opportunity to watch movies when they come out from home or in the cinema. Now, it's interesting because we spoke about this at the beginning of the pandemic, didn't we? In our very famous episode, which was will cinemas will can, change forever can will. yeah will um could cinemas change forever episode 16 very good wow. there's 16. a 16 yeah jeez 30 jeez. odd episodes ago yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah. i think that was the last one that we did in person as well uh, i think it was you know
0: i think it was damn damn that's a sad time bro Can't wait to do the podcast to get in person. (laughs) Can't wait. Sad Um, bro noises. Sad bro noises. So, uh, I'm going to tell you what the films are that were scheduled for 2021 release. So, I mean, we've obviously got Wonder Woman 84, which is on here, but that's uh, Christmas Day, so, you know. Uh, The other ones, Godzilla vs. Kong. Uh, DC's The Suicide Squad. Uh, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. Uh, In the Heights, uh, For Those Who Wish Me Dead, Malignant, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, King Richard, A New Legacy, uh, The Many Saints of Newark, The Little Things, and then you've also got The Matrix 4, you've got Dune Arjun, you've got Mortal Kombat, Reminiscence, and Tom and Jerry are all going to be slated for both HBO Max and Cinema release. That is a whole load of films, and some of them are big name films. Yeah, Godzilla vs. Kong is a big deal, Suicide Squad's a big deal, The Matrix 4's a big deal. Yeah, the fact that you're not gonna have to go, and let's face it, a lot of people are gonna have HBO Max just because of the stuff, like you know, all the stuff on there. Yeah, Game of Thrones, you know, it's gonna have, uh, it's got like it's got all sorts of stuff, like it's already got uh film wise i'm just looking at the website you've got joker you've got rick and morty on there spirited away the big bang theory you've got general tv stuff that you can just you know pull up and watch yeah and you've got um
1: black snyder's justice league going direct to it anyway that was going to be a massive boost in numbers yeah but now you've got all these other major blockbuster films like like you said cinema's I've been having a rough time, and they were kind of banking on the return of the Marvel films, the DC films, uh, June or June, Star Wars, um, the Godzilla films. Always put bums in seats, whether they're well received or not. Mm. Um, But now that they are also launching simultaneously in America, and to be honest, America, America's box office is like one of the biggest box offices in the world. Like that's what gets listened to most of all. Is typically the domestic box office. So this could really hurt some um, some cinema chains. Like, this is... Obviously, it's not going to hurt the... Like, it might improve some of the performance of these films because people have got the option to stay at home and watch them. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, they are all being made by Warner Brothers, so whether they get a sequel or not or anything like that is all down to Like, it won't really affect that as much. Mm. Um, but... What you might find is that a lot of people will just make free accounts if they have a trial period to watch these things. So although they'll get big numbers and stuff
0: like that, they might also not make the budget back on some of these. That is a really good point. That's a really yeah. good point that I hadn't thought of. You could just get... Uh, let's see if the Yeah, they have a free trial. So let's have a real quick look. Uh, it won't let me on the HBO website because I'm in the UK. Fantastic. Get on that VPN. This episode is sponsored by my VPN. Oh, hang on. No. Um, from the verge.com two days ago. I uh, hope you weren't planning to watch Wonder Woman 1984 with a HBO Max free trial. Um, blah, 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 blah. blah. Uh, a few weeks before Wonder Woman 1984 is set to release on HBO Max, the service has stopped offering users a one week free trial. There you go. Yeah, that's where they bloody get you, innit?
1: That's you where go. they've
0: bloody got you. So, it's a, yeah.
1: I thought you were going to say maybe that you would have to pay to watch them, you know, like you did with
0: Mulan. But surely this is going to muddy up the the box office performance of films, right? For the, yeah. For these films, because if you could just sign up for one month, right, and then cancel it, it's $15 to sign up, I think, for HBO Max. So you could sign up, watch Wonder Woman nineteen eighty-four, you could watch something else in that month, but who's to say the val like how, how would you then judge the box office on that?
1: Yeah, it it would be sort of they'd have to base it on more off viewers, wouldn't they? Like you know how Netflix will put out their statement, like they'll put out their viewing records, like how many people viewed Stranger Things in the first weekend of launch or something like that. Mm. they would probably put out those sorts of figures so that people could like refer to like how many box cuz with the box office if you say like an average is like $10 a ticket in the US or something like that then you'd divide the domestic box office by the cinema price and yeah. then you could get a rough viewership mm. so people could still kind of figure it out like that um yeah. or they they could report like how many people signed up for a membership, and then in the first like twenty four hours, or in the first week of having that membership, watched one of these big blockbuster films? and you could kind of say it that way, like because then it seems a bit more logical that they
0: got the streaming service to watch this film. Yeah, for sure. I mean, looking at this list of films, I mean, there's a there's a few on here that I would like quite clear. I mean, there's one, two, three, four, five. Five that I would definitely prefer to go to the cinema to watch. But they tend to be kind of your blockbusters, like your action sequence, like your big action films. Oh, uh, sorry, Space Jam. Yeah, I missed off Space Jam. Yeah, Space Jam.
1: So I think I remembered seeing that Godzilla vs. Kong, like, I remember seeing that it was coming to a streaming service a couple couple days ago I saw this article, but I think it said for the UK it might be Netflix.
0: Oh, wow. Okay.
1: Not, I'm not 100% positive on that. I might just be misremembering what I saw, but um, yeah, like that's the question. For the rest of the world, how are these going to get distributed? guess we're just going to have to still watch them in but cinema, right? Another big thing as well is so, although they've got rid of the free subscriptions, as soon as somebody can stream this in 4K on their laptop or something like that, they'll be recording it and uploading it for free. Like, Like we saw how massive the illegal viewership of um, Mulan was, Mm. so you're only going to get that tenfold for like Godzilla, Wonder Woman, Space Jam, like, like. So Wonder Woman and Suicide Squad, the entire YouTube community will be doing fucking analytical breakdowns of every single second of the film straight away on day one. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's only going to like push more people that don't want to pay for it. If they don't want a subscription, then they'll just find it online. Because they know they'll be able to get a good copy, and what's to stop so you? It is account- so what's, risky,
0: and what's yeah, and what's to stop you just account sharing? Like, just you know, you've you've watched it, you pass somebody else over your account. It just yeah. seems, yeah, I don't know. It just seems, it seems like a really bold move. I think, like,
1: I think oh. they're just doing it to guarantee that they'll get some sort of viewership back and some sort of financial return on these films. Because, like, we saw all the films that were due to come out in twenty twenty that haven't come out. A sort of in flux and it's sort of dead money for the company at the mm. moment until it comes out. And like, especially stuff like the Marvel films, the DC films and stuff like that, a lot of their money comes from merchandising. And the merchandise doesn't sell until after the film comes out as well. So they could just be sat on like millions and millions of dollars worth of product as well as like the millions and millions that they've pumped into the film as well, which at the moment is just all loss. So they might be sort of like trying to like take what they can when they can. And if they they put it out in cinemas, people have got the choice to go see it in cinemas. If you get a subscription service and they keep hold of it, like uh, retaining subscriptions is like one of the biggest thing. Like I think there's a statistic, like if you keep your subscription more than three months, then you're unlikely to ever cancel it because you'll just forget about it and leave it rolling every month. Mm. Um, So if people do that, then they'll be getting income from that. Um, And then, obviously, once it comes out and people can see it, whether it's at home or in the cinema, they'll want merchandise from it, so they'll be able to move all that, so they'll get the money back like that. So they could potentially still earn the money back in different ways where it might not be from the box office, but you've got all these other avenues that will work out better for the Warner Brothers company as a whole.
0: So do you reckon off the back of this, do you reckon there's a, a chance that other studios... May follow suit with this. I think
1: we'll see how Wonder Woman goes, and then maybe that might make the decision of whether Black Widow launches on Disney Plus at the same time. Because mm-hmm. I know Marvel now, like they were on such a roll for what, 13 years or something like that. Yeah. Like they want to get their next phase moving because they've shot how many films now? They've shot Black Widow that was ready to come out. Yeah. The Eternals is now probably in the final stages of post-production. They probably took the time to do extra things. You've got Shang-Chi which is in post-production. Spider-Man's now in production. Although that's Sony but it's still Marvel as well. Um Marvel have now got the Fox franchises as well, so they'll be they're in pre-production for Deadpool 3 now. They've started the writing process on that. They will have like um guardians of the galaxy is in pre-production as well james gunn's already writing that or has written it and is ready to shoot because he said he was going on to that straight after uh, suicide squad mm-hmm. so like, they're starting at least like five six movies that just are being stalled at the moment so we might see how wonder woman does and then they might make the decision whether they Launch it on Disney Plus, and you have to pay extra to view it, like they did with Mulan. Only they'll probably drop the price of it after learning, like from the backlash of Mulan.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you never know. So
1: I think for some of these other films on there, it might do them a blessing rather than a curse. Like, um, never even heard of the Little Things. Um, yeah, but I mean, the maybe thing... like Judas and the Black Messiah, The Conjuring, In the Heights and like maybe malignant or something maybe especially tom and jerry they might get a bigger viewership now opening week um and have a lot more buzz about them because it's on a streaming service i I don't think they would have massive box offices but they might have big opening weekends on a streaming service
0: yeah that's it i think you might just get a lot of people that say oh that's new and then watch like the pre- you know, the the trailer that plays automatically and then think, oh, you know what, I'll sit down and watch that. Oh, that looks good. Or, you know, people might try The Conjuring if they've not seen any other ones because it's free and Mm -hmm. they can just give it a watch. So you've got that side of it as well. Yeah. But I also think that you're probably going to start to really see it now where with this happening, that, you know, if you've got Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, HBO Max... Um, what else? What else do we have? Um, there's another, some more streaming services. Hulu, Hulu. Uh,
1: um, there's loads of them all around the world at
0: different. Now things, TV, just yeah, all sorts of stuff that you like. How how many do you get? How many do you pay for? Do you do you start to see this thing where like you know you won't you'll cancel your Disney Plus because there's no nothing new on there. And you'll switch yeah, you it to HBO people Max.
1: like rotate in there, like which ones they're willing to pay for each month. So it's maybe like, oh, okay, mm. I'll binge HBO Max this month and then you'll get rid of it until something new comes on and you will get a different service. Yeah. But
0: there are definitely some films on here that if I was to have, you know, if I was to be able to have a HBO Max subscription, that could still change, you know, they could still roll it out in the UK. Yeah. But. You know, I'd be tempted to watch some of these films that I may not have gone to the cinema to watch. Like, I definitely wouldn't have gone to the cinema to watch Tom and Jerry, but if I've got it available on HBO Max because I'm paying it, because I want to watch the Snyder Cut, the Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, Godzilla, Dune, then I probably would just give it a watch. You know what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, there's films like Dune the and Godzilla vs. Kong, which... I would go to the cinema to watch still. So does it almost become like wasted that you're paying for HBO Max, but then you go to the cinema to watch Dune, but the next release might not be like until two months away? Yeah. I think what they could,
1: like what might be a better solution for them is instead of simultaneously launching it on HBO Max maybe do what was originally said for Wonder Woman and maybe have like a 2 3 week gap maybe so they release these films in the cinema so the the people that want to see it will go see it opening week It might not be opening day but they'll go see it opening week um and like avoid all the spoilers and stuff like that they'll like they'll go see it and they'll enjoy it on the big screen and then like two weeks later, it launches on the platform for people to either repeat viewings um, and they'll still get the the numbers for how many people watched it, mm-hmm. or, uh, or potentially new subscriptions for people who, like, okay, I've seen it in cinema, but there's these last two films that I didn't go see in the cinema and now there's this new one that I really enjoyed in the cinema, so I'll buy a subscription to watch that again and watch these other new films.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: I reckon that might be a good way to do it because, like, your core audience typically go to see it in the opening week. There's not many films that, like, are a sleeper for a few weeks and then they boom. It's normally, like, they boom and then if it's a big hit like Infinity War or Endgame, it'll, it'll, like, it'll boom and then it'll plateau really high for a while and then it'll tail off. Yeah. And I think for, like, Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, Dune, stuff like that, especially the Matrix 4. You can't release the Matrix 4 and not, like have a massive cinema event for that.
0: Yeah, exactly. But it's I think maybe big moves like this is probably gonna start to shift the way that we that that cinema releases not just generally movie releases happen. I yeah. think that this is probably gonna set a precedence for just a shift in movie movie going culture. It's like what we spoke about in that episode many, many moons ago. but Go check out that episode because it was one of our best episodes. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really going to shift it and I can't tell yet whether it's going to shift it in a good way to give people the option because at some point in the future we're going to live in a pre- uh, free-from-COVID free world, right? Where everything kind of goes back to normal. And, you know, will this then be a good idea will it be will we look back on this and be like oh remember when they decided to launch them all on hbo max and then they just did really shit because they weren't making as much money as a box office and oh we might look back and be like wow remember when you used to go to the cinema to watch the movie when it came out why would i bother doing that when it got a subscription i could watch it from home it's just like it's in it it's a bit i think by the time we get through to the middle of 2021 I think we'll probably look back on this and be quite surprised and in and like just generally quite surprised at how we thought this was gonna go.
1: Yeah. I think yeah, like you said, it is like leaning into everything we spoke about in that episode. And I still hold the same standpoint where this is like an amazing thing and like it will change like everything. Um like, in terms of cinema for the rest of time, like, this will impact it in some way. Whether it's for the best or not is yet to be seen. I, me, as, like, a fan of film and cinema, like, the cinema-going experience is one of my favourite things. Like, whether I like the film that I go to see or not, going to the cinema is an experience and watching something, like, in a cinema for the first time with a huge crowd of fans that are all there excited for a film is something that you can't replicate at home and it will be sad if this now shifts it too much. I'm hoping this just allows another avenue. You know what I mean? I hope it doesn't destroy cinema culture as we know it. I hope it like splits off and it, it gives people the option mm-hmm. but people are still willing to go to the cinema because as soon as people decide that this is how they want it and they don't want to go to the cinema anymore, then we lose cinemas for good then. Like, a lot of cinema chains are already too expensive because it costs so much to rent the film to show to people uh that the ticket prices are too high for a lot of people so and like to make up for that they're also inflating the prices of drinks and snacks and stuff like that and they are pricing themselves out of the market and I'm hoping this might bring those prices down to keep people going back there so it could work out favorably for cinema goers um, but it could also mean that Maybe cinema chains end up having to fight for survival, and then prices will skyrocket because it's the only way they can afford to keep the doors open. So it really could go either way, and I'm
0: scared to predict which way it will go. Mm. Well, it's been a while since we've covered a hot news topic in the uh, on the pod, isn't it? We've uh, yeah. it's been a while. I think the last big news topic we covered was bloody. Uh, spider-man going multiverse really wasn't it so yeah. uh yeah right uh that's us for this week uh make sure you check out the podcast on facebook twitter instagram hit us up on the socials let us know what you think we're always keen to hear uh what your thoughts are on this move from warner brothers also you can drop us an email if you're old school you can write into the show uh get real uk at gmail.com chris how can people support the podcast
1: best way you can support the
0: podcast is to
1: leave us a rate and review on whatever your favorite podcast distributor is. If you go to PodChaser and leave us a rate and review on there, I'll syndicate it to all the other things. We actually just recently got our Spotify wrapped and we are being listened to all around the world, uh, which is great. Thank you so much to everyone listening to us. Um, It's nice to be able to see some numbers at the end of the year. Like we've been doing this almost a full year now and you guys have just kept us going. Um, it's amazing thank you so much share us with a friend share us on your instagram story when you see us posting something also don't forget to check out our sister podcast get real gaming they're doing great stuff Uh, i believe it's the golden joysticks this week so they're covering that in two days time from when this comes out their episodes go live on a wednesday so don't forget to check them out but yeah most of all this is a hot news topic like this is like the future of film and cinema so let us know what you guys think um It'd definitely be
0: cool to talk to you guys on those different socials and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, cool. And that's, that's everything. Right. That's everything. Take care, stay safe out there, and we'll catch you next week. See you now. McClunky. <laughs> <laughs> now that's something I'll buy a streaming service for. <laughs> for more McClunky.